This is the podcast for October 8, 2010. It's not safe for work. Broadcasting live from the Chinese World Takeover Headquarters at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Happy Columbus Day weekend. I hope everybody's going to have a fun, happy time with pumpkins and whatever else you're doing this weekend. We should mention Susie Bright's having a dress-like Christine O'Donnell witch contest. Halloween contest at her yes. place. So Yes, that's Susie Bright's journal. Go on over there. Go on over there the and send, send in your photo of you dressed as a mm-hmm. masturbatory dominatrix witch. Yeah. <laughs> I guess is what she's really looking for. Yes. You should know that that Susie. Some people find Susie Bright's place not safe for work. If you work for a prude, I guess that's true. But Susie Bright's one hell of a good writer. She's a wonderful woman, really good editor, and she has a she's She's a a friend of one hell of a woman. We love her. Yes, we do. And uh, so go over there, tell her the blue gal and drift glass say hey. Yeah. And enter her contest or just tell her hello. Uh, We have my brother by the way. Oh, and happy birthday to your bro. Who is yeah, who is his birthday is ten ten ten, right? It is. And Barack Obama is coming to Chicago. Well, yeah, he's coming to Chicago to raise money for for Alexi Julius to pay Alexis him back, Julius. right? Yeah. We'll pay back for the man. And he's going up to the near north side. So if you're on Lakeshore Drive, get the hell off Lakeshore Drive because yeah. cops are gonna close off every ramp on the gold coast. Today? Yeah, I'm sure oh, he is. Well, and he'll go it. up to some place you know, and some everyone house, yeah. sort of knows where it is. Not yeah. exactly, of course, but everyone mm-hmm. knows there's a lot of very rich liberals who don't, you know, give money to bloggers, I might add, mm-hmm. up on Chicago's Gold Coast. And he's going up there to – that's where Jamie Dimon used to live. Yeah, right. Might very well still live, you know. So yeah. this is where the billionaire bankers and insurance moguls and so forth who are technically still liberal um, live. So he's going up there for some $8 million a plate fundraiser, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which, you know, God bless him. Uh, but Rahm Emanuel isn't doing too well with the progressive people of hey, Chicago. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. He's doing, actually, he's doing a listening tour. Um, um, How very Hillary of him. Yeah. He's got his own hashtag now on Twitter. Oh, God. Called. Um, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Actually, Mayor Rom and Rom for Mayor are both funnier than the actual Rahm Emanuel on Twitter. But Rahm Emanuel on Twitter has a hashtag called uh, Tell It Like It Is. Oh, God. Where he will listen to your suggestions and he will and he's doing polling on what the most important issue is. And he's, you know, he's doing all the technology stuff you do if you're yeah. coming to Chicago. But people forget, you know, this is not. The, for the peop, first of all, people on both sides are kind of confused because what is hilarious to me is I'm, you know, 12 feet away from all this shit. Right. Right. And and yet you see people on the news and on the cable and, and on radio opining about Chicago politics who clearly have no fucking idea what they're talking about. Right. Well, you know, the liberals in Chicago are going to beat up Rom. Like, you know, the liberals in Chicago are, compi- are confined to two wards. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else is like blue collar. Yeah. You know, Bobby Kennedy. Right, right, um, right. You know, and Democrats. So they're Democrats, but they're Democrats yeah. because they're in the union or they work for the city or they exactly. like the mayor or, yeah, exactly. anything the that, but the idea that, that being this progressive. Guy called, yeah, you know. These are people who probably in their own in their own lives have called liberals fucking retards more than once. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're not exactly, you know, heartbroken. Yeah. Well, Chinese Chinese World Takeover Headquarters, huh? <laughs> yeah. 
Also known as also known as Smirsh. So <laughs> <laughs> they are supervillains. Unbelievable. And, and yeah, apparently, yeah. you know, Christine O'Donnell has secret information. Con- yeah. She said classified information in her interview, and I think she really meant confidential information. I'm willing to totally give her a break about that, except that. The interviewer at that exact moment asked her to clarify, (laughs) and she didn't. And I don't. I don't get it. Have to kill you. Yeah, Yeah. I don't get it with these Tea Party people. Well, why can't why they can't just say, "Oh no, you know, I mean, I don't mean that I have security clearance. I mean that I know missionaries who went to China, and I would never reveal their names or their personal data to you." But I know their experience, and it was really bad. And so, you know, I well, do have feelings about China based on that personal that's contact. A, that's a complicated answer. Yeah. The, the simple answer is, one, she can't distinguish between a U.S. Chamber of Commerce pamphlet and a secret document about yeah. Chinese plans. <laughs> and B, or two, there is no differentiation in the brain of a teabagger between their bizarre conspiracy theory and the truth. It is. It's pathological it, so and very whatever, scary. Whatever they invent today, that yeah. whatever imaginary hippie conspiracy they invent today, they believe is true because it's in their brain, uh-huh. and that uh-huh. makes it true. That's why Stephen Colbert is, you know, our hero because he yeah. gets that. He gets yep. that they really do dream this shit up on a Monday, and by Tuesday it becomes it's gospel. Yeah, it's gospel. literally gospel. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that was something I was thinking about this morning that the Tea Party really is church. Yeah. You know, that it's it's run by women with, with the boots on the ground are all women who want two things out of their activities. They want to keep their hands clean uh-huh. and they want to be right and good and have some sort of virtue mm-hmm. associated with their activity. So, you know, they're saving the world from the Kenyan usurper, communism, socialism, evil things that they know nothing about. <laughs> 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 and they'd like a man to tell them that they're doing a good job. Well, and, and to ask them to think about these things. I've said that yes. before, that Glenn Beck scrunches up his eyebrows and says, you know, we have to think about these things. And no one has ever in their entire lives, or some of these middle-class, white-bred Christian women, asked them to actually intellectualize about something. Mm-hmm. And so, because they've had no practice at it, they're not very good at it. Uh, and and they don't have to base it on fact, so you oh. know it's based on gl- whatever Glenn Beck says. Mm-hmm. But it makes them feel intelligent and important and virtuous, and, and that's. And, and he's wearing glasses. Yeah. And he's standing in front of a chalkboard. Yeah, exactly. He's waving, he's waving a book at them. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's just like it's just like school. school. Yeah, it's just like school. Yeah. He's like a professor, and I'm a student. And yeah, and I is, I have to think about these things. Yeah. I really and, do. And he values my opinion. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. values your your brain, yeah. But yeah. I have to I have to think about these things for for Glenn Beck because he makes me feel that what <laughs> I think matters, even if it's. Oh. Let's talk a little bit about Gene Cranick. All right. Uh, this is the guy whose house very sadly burned down because he didn't pay the seven. Well, the the firefighters sat by while his house burned. Yes. Because he didn't pay a $75 fee. And someone at the New York Times in the comment section, which is not a very nice place to wade from time to time. <laughs> One of the commenters there said, 
that they felt the fire department was was leaving money on the table because you certainly could. His neighbor was willing to pay, and he was willing to pay. And you know, you just have a two fee structure where it's seventy five dollars. You know, if you pay ahead of time and you have this kind of coverage, and if your house is on fire and you haven't paid, we're going to bill you and we're going to take it out of your insurance settlement. Uh-huh. You know, it's going and it's going to be twenty. Right, the whole you're going to pay for the for the fireman's time, the water, the cleanup yeah. afterwards, the hose, the whole thing is going to come out of your insurance settlement, and that would also put a. Um, there, there needs to be an onus on the insurance companies too to make sure that these people in outlying areas that are not in um, what, what incorporated incorporated, incorporated areas. areas. If you live way out in the country, you have to pay an additional fee. I really personally don't have a problem with that. That if someone lives in an unincorporated county dirt road and and lives that far out, mm-hmm. that they have to pay a little extra. That to me seems reasonable. Yeah. Uh, but to then say, well, your house is on fire, but you didn't pay, that's where – that's the crux of it, that this is – That's ridiculous. <laughs> as one person said mm-hmm. – uh, I can't remember where I read this. The Craddock ought to put a big sign in front of his house that says, your tax cuts at work. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a, bit of, a bit of history, and I know this is a little bit obscure, but I, the oldest police department, the old, oldest policing agency in America – is the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah, yeah. The Postal Inspector, mm-hmm. um, established by Benjamin Franklin in 1789 or something like that. And um, whether you mail a letter from a you know, the middle of a swamp in yeah. Florida mm-hmm. or in the middle of the Nevada desert or down the block from the castle here in Chicago, you pay the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And the letter and, – and that is what the purpose of government is because yeah. in some cases – there are going to be outli- physical outliers. There's going to be people far away who are, and but these are Americans. Yeah, They're all yeah. Americans. Mm-hmm. And there's and this idea of this dim sum approach, this you know this hooker approach. Oh, yeah. you want oh you want the happy ending, right? That's going <laughs> to cost you extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you find there is no sex in the champagne room. Right, and right. You forgot your you forgot to, you forgot your seventy five dollar fee, and your house burns to the ground. Mm-hmm. Now, the the argument about how you structure government services to provide, you know, what the proper balance is between state, federal, and local, and what you can expect and can't expect from government. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a legitimate discussion to have, right. especially at two in the morning in a <laughs> sophomore, you know, philosophy class right, right, at right. college when you're all drunk. Right. But the sneering, yeah. vicious hatred from from assholes and and thugs like Glenn Beck. And sm- National Review Online, guy. yeah. And say, well, you didn't pay it, so fuck you, burn. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the hatefulness of these people, yeah. the sheer, you know, pathological—that's beyond discussion. If you are on their side, you are a bad person. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, if you get up in the morning, you're, you're not, not really a sure. Christian person for sure, yeah. because you're denying Gene Craddock or or your brother or your neighbor. A hose full of cold water in Christ's name for crying out loud. You know, that really is. is, If you'll recall, this is exactly the analogy that FDR used in World War II Mm -hmm. for Lend-Lease. Yeah. If your neighbor's house is burning. Yes, yes. You'll loan them the hose, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, of course, these people all hate FDR, too.
then they could live in that nice, tidy, white Christian police state they've always dreamed of. Yep. They lost the battle of the Depression, and they lost the battle of FDR, and they lost the battle of Social Security. Yep. And this is their rear guard. And the guard civil action. rights and civil rights battle, and and they're losing the gay rights battle, and they're losing a Everything. lot of things, and that's why they are angry. And, and, and so it's not they, they don't recognize misfortune. Yeah. Yeah. If it happens to them, it's bad luck. If it happens to you, it's bad character. And, you, yeah. and what you need yeah. to cure yourself of your bad character is to be beaten harder. Mm-hmm. And to have maybe have your house burned down. Maybe lose some. Maybe then you'll learn. Then you'll learn lessons. Learn. Yeah. It's yeah. like wow, you really are a bunch of really serious Old Testament fuckers, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If, if you. Well, that's the point. God, that's that's why I keep going back to the lesson of Jesus, and I, you know, I'm not trying to evangelize here, but. The hypocrisy uh, that a lot of these people call themselves Christian, you know, and oh, part of it is our Christian family values that are being uh, trampled upon by the Islamic president that we have, and all of a sudden you're just like, wait a minute. No. You know, the the selfish Old Testament nastiness is what your God came came to earth... To get, to us, get over. us over, you have to right. heal. Mm-hmm. And these are the <sighs> people who would look at Lot's wife and say, shouldn't have looked back, bitch. <laughs> you know, I understand being a petulant two-year-old. And yeah, I the immaturity. Yeah. But to raise that to a political movement and call yourself righteous and good for yeah. believing that shit – Sorry, you know, yeah. you're, you're yeah. in the wrong century and you're, you're in the wrong country. Oh, and I think, I think that's why it's scum. resonating so clearly with people is and, and really shaking up uh, the political landscape is because not everyone has had their house burned to the ground. But mm-hmm. everyone's had a smoke detector go off by accident because mm-hmm. there's a pot on the stove or the battery's low or, you know, there's everyone's had that smoke detector malfunction where for two seconds you think is my house on fire or is there you know what's going on and when that happens when you have had that you can connect immediately to what gene Cranick's going through when your house is on fire you expect and the fire truck shows up <laughs> you expect yes. well that, this, this is yeah this this is this goes back to the um you know if, if you want to know how america is supposed to work go rent it's a wonderful life. Yeah. You know, yeah. the speech about the money's not here. The money's in your neighbor's house. Yes. And we yeah. loaned it to so-and-so. And you know he's going to pay it back. And it's the, yeah. the essential idea that most of your neighbors are pretty decent people and they'll pay you back. Yep. And that you can pretty much count on them. And there's this essential organizing uh, place. That's the difference the between neighbors. living in a society yeah. and living in this fake, you know, everybody's bringing up. Atlas Shrugs piece of crap, as Steve yeah. Keith Olbermann calls it. You know, we don't call it just Atlas Shrugs anymore. It's called Atlas Shrugs piece of crap. Well, um, <laughs> Atlas Shrugged is, as I've said before, the book of revelations for assholes. Yes, yes, you know, yes. for capitalist assholes because right, the Earth right. is finally destroyed and all the good people are saved. Yep. And yep. you know, and if you read Atlas Shrugged people. and you're and you're and you believe in it and adore it and quote it and you're and you're older than seventeen, yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> you have a mental problem. You have a real big hole in your soul that yeah. you need to go look at because yep. that yep. you have a real problem. Our thoughts and prayers are with Gene Cranick and anyone suffering from mm-hmm. this kind of insanity. It's just it's absurd. But it brings it brings me back. <laughs> it brings me back to this pathological denial of truth too. 
And we were laughing last week about, you know, um, Scott Lee Cohen and the whole not a career politician thing. <laughs> yeah. But there has to be a level of competence. And it just – it it's really weird that so many of the Tea Party candidates, you know, by being outsiders – it's one thing to be an outsider. I mean, I'll even give credit to Meg Whitman, although, you know, I, I certainly hope she – loses by drastic numbers just because I think she's a terrible person. <laughs> but you, that if you're going to run as an outsider and say, I met a payroll, ran a business, blah, 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 you know, and I have some professionalism in my life and, and I can talk to a reporter and answer questions without running away, which, yeah. which seems yeah. like, you know, the basic level of expertise that you should have in order to run for office. David yeah, well, Korn... accountable. Yeah, David Korn was on. And he kept bringing up the fact that Christine O'Donnell barely finished college. You know, and, and the implication was Sarah Palin barely finished college. And, you know, that, that there was this lack of education among the Tea Party people and candidates. And I know that Chris Matthews seemed to think he was being snobbish or trying to push back on that a little bit. But, you know, do we care that our government leaders are educated there's just this fetishization of oh common sense you know we have we just have to have common sense principles and and <laughs> the most ridiculous ad in the history of any senate campaign with i'm you you know i'm, you. I'm not a I'm... witch i'm you <laughs> you uh -huh. did a beautiful photoshop over at Susie brights i just Thank loved you. it <laughs> Simple, simple, simple. Simple, yeah. simple, simple. It's got, instead of I'm you, it's got Christine O'Donnell. Same ad. Just fuck uh -huh. you. Fuck. <laughs> but she's not seeing any, even local media anymore. There's no oh. public, uh, there's no public events on her campaign calendar. No public, no public events in all of Delaware. She is hiding from her own voters. Well, Sarah Palin can run Doing the entire the Republican thing. Party from Facebook. Yeah. You know? Uh, and and this is not a problem of Sarah Palin or Christine O'Donnell, or this is a problem for voters. Yeah. If you are willing to put up with someone who's clearly um, incompetent, mm -hmm. who clearly makes crap up, and who who says essentially, "I'm you," yeah, who wants you to fetishize. Who wants you to fetishize? That's a really good word. Mm -hmm. um, the the false relationship. Who wants there to be no psychological or ego barrier between you and them? Yep. You and them and your bizarre, paranoid fantasy. But elect them to do actual things in the real world. That's the point. Yeah, is yeah. that you're electing, some, you're electing this person to create legislation. And this is why. But this is why now the lobbyists write the legislation. Sure. Is you've elected a bunch of bozos. A bunch of idiots. Who's too, you know. and who, I mean, who are good at fundraising and poppycock. <laughs> Right. Well, standing up in front of you and being you, being your masturbatory yeah. object. You right, know, being right, your, right. Be, well, essentially being your avatar. Yeah, you know, yeah. Christine O'Donnell is the best Second Life candidate in the world. <laughs> you know? And if she, she, is, if yeah. she existed inside of a big video game where you could put on you know, her as your avatar and run around blessing people and, and popping off and saying incredibly idiotic things right. like Sarah Palin does, that would be fine. But there are effects in the real world. Yeah. And that's the problem. These people have lived outside of you – know, through most of the Bush administration and certainly most of the Clinton administration, these people got away with living outside of the real world with no consequence. Right, right. They yeah. could make up any crap they wanted about Bill Clinton and nobody came to their house and punched them in the throat and said, you stupid fucker. Don't you understand 
There are yes. consequences to, to impeaching a president. Yep. And for eight years under Bush, they pissed money away, mm-hmm. pissed human life away, yep. and ran around screaming about their, their you know, Superman in his flight suit and said that tomorrow would never come. There's no exactly. consequence. Exactly. There's no consequence. There's no – we don't have to pay this back. Because uh, it's a fantasy. It's, a it's fantasy. all a fantasy. Yeah. And yeah. now they're being sold another batch of you – know, the, and the delusion keeps going up and up and up. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I really get tired of the stories about, you know, Glenn Beck's latest atrocity. Yeah. Of course of course he tops himself every day. That's his job. That's his he, Well I wonder I wonder about that too with Glenn Beck is whether he isn't um this I'm I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. Uh went to a burger restaurant with my kids this week and uh we I have to admit we went there because they had free face painting. So just so you know. <laughs> um but they, it was also a, a sports bar, and they had ESPN going on on these big screen TVs, and it was a show about uh, the the daredevils of the sports world. And this guy who had run double Ironman marathons, twenty five hours of running, biking, and swimming, and then you do it again, and it's just an incredible, yeah, you know, self punishment. Of, you know, how far can you push your body to do these things? And he had had to retire <laughs> because of whatever, <laughs> age or injury or something. And he went off and started wrestling alligators. The same guy who was this, had come in second or third or whatever in these double Ironman 25 hour body punishing marathons still needed the rush. Of almost dying and pushing your body to where you almost die regularly. He was clearly addicted to that kind of Oxycontin brain chemical, you know, yeah. that, that causes you to flee. He was addicted to it. And when I watched that, I thought, wow, that's a lot like Glenn Beck, because, <laughs> particularly this week, because it does seem as though he's you know, maybe he is just saying to himself, well, you know, I'm making $26 million a year. I have a $26 million contract, whatever. How far can I go before somebody kicks me off the national stage? Before Fox News kicks me off the national stage? How far can I go? I can say slavery was just a gentle institution until the government got a hold of it. Yes. And, <laughs> and Rupert Murdoch will continue to write me checks. They nod. Rupert and Murdoch Rupert Murdoch just nods. and he's a know. fascist. Yeah. Rupert Murdoch is a fascist. And, and the people who watch Glenn Beck are morons. Yeah, so, and apparently but, he can just – he still the, has a job today, you know, and yet well, – Now expand that a little bit further. I mean mm-hmm. this, is the, this is not just the gospel of Glenn Beck. This is the gospel of the, of the new capitalism. Yeah. You know, yeah. our new capitalism, our Davos new capitalism, our post-Breton Woods capitalism says essentially risk, risk, risk. Yeah. You should know risk and risk. I, I said this before. Risk is the, is a privilege of rich people. Yes. And right. therefore Glenn Beck can take all the risk he all wants. All the risk he wants. Yeah. Rich. Yeah. But the idea that you're now going to strap everybody onto the capitalist wheel. Yep. And say everybody. You have to take risks. Risk. Yes. Everybody takes risks now. And of course, yeah. if Glenn Beck fails, Glenn Beck yeah. will pick up a phone. He'll get another job tomorrow. Exactly. And yet Gene, and Gene Craddock, with his Gene house Craddock. burns to the ground, yep. you know, well, you know, you, you, did, you did play the cards where you didn't pay your $75. And that right. was, you know, your neighbor whose house didn't – that was another comment at NYT was, you know, your neighbor whose house didn't burn down, he won that bet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So and, it's and, all just this sort of gambling thing. 
Right. And and for the lack for missing one check to one department, right. you lost right. everything. Right, right. And and that kind of casino world where yep. you bet every fucking thing you have on doing everything right all the time is where Glenn Beck wants you to live. Because yep. Glenn Beck lives there. Yeah. And, and it's Glenn fine Beck, for him. Yeah. But but the point is Glenn Beck is not a gambler. Glenn Beck is the house. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Glenn Beck yes. is the guy who wins yeah. on every wager. And the idea that we should all be like him is the nonsense that Vegas uses to get people to empty their pockets in the slot machines. And the idea that they want you to run your country like that, really, if you're stupid enough to believe that, you have no business voting. Yeah. You need to sit on your hands this election and pray to God that smarter people come along and clean up the mess you fucking made. Yeah. End yep. of story. End of story. Yes. You went to church this week, didn't you, Drift Glass? I did. I did. I went to church. <laughs> you were in the same church with David Brooks. I was. I was. It was the Elmhurst's Hammerschmidt, I believe it's pronounced, chapel. It was a lecture on Reinhold Niebuhr, who was a famous American theologian. Yes, he was. Um, who was a graduate of Elmhurst College. And uh, a, a big fan of Niebuhr, uh, David Brooks is, as is Barack Obama. In fact, a lot of the introduction was about how you know David Brooks discovered um, you know Barack Obama's uh, uh, joy or, or, or reading of Niebuhr. And I, I have respect for all of that. And about eighty percent of what Mr. Brooks had to say that night was fine. I had no argument with it at all. It was a pretty good summary. But the fact that he lied. In church. He, he was at oh, a chapel, like, right? He was in church at the pulpit standing oh, next to a huge poster of this guy who had preached, literally preached, literally preached, a sort of relentless moral um, – Self-examination. Yeah, that's – Niebuhr is search your soul. Yeah, yeah. Be modest in your language. Don't mm-hmm. be extravagant. Don't be you know, sort of pernicious. And always check yourself first. All, you know, make your own side nervous first. Check your own position before you start attacking other people. And David Brooks essentially got his column in the New York Times by using his column in the Weekly Standard. Mind you, that's the Bill Crystal Weekly Standard. Mind you, that's the <laughs> Rupert Murdoch-funded Bill Crystal Weekly Standard. <laughs> yeah, I know. He used his column there during the run-up to Iraq and during the first months of the Iraq War to beat the crap out of liberals, to call people who opposed the war you know, silly and foolish and those hippies and those peaceniks and those et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you can go see it. At my blog, if you like, because I videotaped it. <laughs> yes, you did. And this woman got up and asked him about you know his own record. You know, well, well considering from a Niburian perspective, how do you feel about the fact that you re, you know you ridiculed people who opposed the war? And he said, I, I don't think I ever ridiculed. Well, now, didn't she have a copy? Yeah, she said, I have an article here, one of many you published from the Weekly Standard, where you ridiculed people. You supported Bush, you supported the war, and you ridiculed opponents. And he said, I don't think I ridiculed anybody. But let me tell you why I supported the war. He just skipped over the whole part where his entire career was made on the bones of bashing liberals. Yep. And he just skipped right over. He lied about it. He fucking lied about it. And then he lied about a bunch of other things. He lied about <clears throat> he, he, well, he drew false equivalences between liberal and you know, real conservative positions, just like he does in most every column, real conservative positions and fake liberal positions. And, wow. uh, and the fact that both sides do it, both sides are partisan. And it, it was well, like didn't living- he, you said you said in your blog he he said you know we got a lot of things wrong on Iraq, but then liberals yeah. have gotten a lot of things wrong on the stimulus, the stimulus package. Which <laughs> I saw that like yeah, 
He said, he said, and I'm not directly quoting, but it's awfully close. You know, he said essentially, sure, Iraq was a noble effort, but it was based on a flawed model of human behavior. This me- mechanistic model of you, if you do certain things, people will behave a certain way. Just exactly the same way that liberals, fa- the left, failed on the stimulus package, which was you pour a lot of money into the economy and the recession is over, but it didn't work because it, it failed because it has this flawed vision of human nature. And I'm like, None of that's true. <laughs> None of what you just said is even remotely true, but it is true from a David Brooks perspective because from a David Brooks perspective, everything the left does, everything the right does has to have an equivalent in the left or mm-hmm. else one day he might be called to account for the fact that he's been, he has been wrong about everything his entire fucking adult life. And, and, and what was the part about Iraq when he was talking <laughs> about the Middle East and he had this analysis – yeah, he had this long analysis about – and it was essentially a long version of Tom Friedman's short version of Suck on This. Okay. Tom, Tom Friedman's famous thing about you – know, <laughs> essentially the whole, the whole Mideast is, is uniformly dysfunctional, so we need to send troops into some country somewhere and kick the shit out of them. And we just picked Iraq out of a hat essentially. And David Brooks said, you know, I've driven all over the Middle East. Well, I've never actually been to Iraq. And no one, no one laughed. No one burst no one out. Things. And, and I've been to a lot of countries. I've driven all over there, and it's just this dysfunctional zone. And you drive and drive, and there's all these madrasas, and they teach these kids these terrible things and bad economic development, and they create, you know, terrorists out of this misery. And and I'm like, you know what? The one thing Iraq had going for it, it was a it was a brutal dictatorship and had many many other problems, but it was essentially a middle class country. It had a vibrant middle class, right? Yes. Right. It did yeah. not have those things. All of the stuff David Brooks described as the breeding ground of terrorists didn't exist in Iraq before America went in there and yeah. turned it into a fundamentalist pest hole that it is now. Yeah. So all, all of the all of the predicates David Brooks was talking about why he supported going to Iraq yeah. were lies. Yeah. He also said, you know, we didn't sufficiently understand the sort of the complex, um, you know, relationship, the complex uh, ethnic tensions there. I'm like, yeah, a lot of people did. Those are the people you told to shut up and sit down. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. From yeah. people like Bill Crystal, who said, you know, this whole, in fact, Bill Crystal. We have to have the will. <laughs> Bill Crystal famously said, you know, we, uh, this whole idea of that, that Sunni and Shia don't get along is, is some kind of, you know, is, is some ridiculous idea. That's just absurd. You know, that's just, that's just high school sociology and that wow. is really true. So they were aware of these things. They just chose to ignore them because they're conservative. Well, and because it, it fit the model of we're going to go in, follow the U.S. Army that's paid for with borrowed money. Uh-huh. Into Iraq with our Halliburton company takeover, and the war will pay for itself because it's going to pay us. Sure. Well, <laughs> That's and even even to this day, even to that very you know that very sermon, which is essentially what he was giving. David mm-hmm. Brooks cannot admit that anybody who went into Iraq had bad motives. Yeah, it was you know it was a noble effort. It was a noble intention. It was a great idea. It was just really badly executed. Dear David Brooks. Dick yeah. Cheney he didn't have good motives for no. going into Iraq. He no. pushed really hard to go into Iraq yes. to line his own pockets. The end. And you see that the U.S. Army was, was used to guard one structure. Let yeah. them loot the museums. Let them loot the power plants. Let the ammo dumps that killed Americans. That was it. Fight. The ammo. Yeah. We're let, gonna... People were saying there are ammo dumps. And no, we don't have enough troops to guard those because we're busy guarding what? What now? The oil ministry. Yeah, yeah. The only fucking thing that we guarded. File cabinets at the oil ministry. Was yeah. oil ministry. Yeah. Because that's what Dick Cheney 
wanted them to do because yeah. the, the real president of the United States wanted them to do that. And the fact that all this is on the public record and David Brooks seven years later can stand in a church in a pulpit and fucking lie about it exactly. with a straight face and not go home and find a note on his pillow saying you're fired. Signed yeah. Bill Keller, New York yeah. Times yeah. is one of the great obscenities in modern life. It is. We're so glad to have you listening to us. We have a website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can listen to us and our archives for free. At that website, there's also an opportunity to drop five bucks in the hat, which will help us to continue our work, and we're very grateful for your support. We love getting emails, and we're going to do an email show over Thanksgiving weekend yes. uh, where we're going to read your letters on the air, and we're... We've gotten some good ones. I think I think we're starting to get a, a pile of a slush pile of good emails. So thank you for sending those. You can send an email to us at proleftpodcast at gmail dot com. We love hearing from you. How are the internet kitties doing this weekend? Uh, dabbling in witchcraft. This podcast was produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Driftglass Blue Gal Podcast.